thank you, worship team and Chuck, uh, for leading us in this very powerful uh, Christmas carol. I love the words at the very end of the song. His power and glory forever proclaim, yes. Uh, it, it's telling us to do something, right? It's not just to sing the carol, it's actually commanding us to take some action. The very thing that we believe in, the very person that we trust and put all of our hope in, that message needs to be shared. The Father is, we come this morning, we come to worship you through the songs that we sing, through the prayers that we lift up. And God, we also need more of you. We know a lot about you, but we want greater intimacy. And it's not because you've fallen short on your side. Lord, open our hearts to embrace more of you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to begin with two passages. The first one is from John chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. 1 John 4, verses 9 and 10. If you have your Bible and you want to follow along, 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. Here scripture says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. The scripture passage says, God loves us. God has shown his love among us. The second passage I want to read is from Titus chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. Titus chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. And here scripture says, But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us not because of the righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. But I think the thing that we need to take note here is, is it says, When the kindness of love and the love of God our Savior appeared. The kindness and love of God appeared in the form of Jesus, right? He appeared amongst us. For most Christians, or for most people, I shouldn't say Christians, but most of us at Christmas time uh, and, and, and the world looks at Christmas as a season of generosity, as a season of giving. It's, it's not just among the Christian world, but I think it came out of that. But it, it's sort of a thing that was adopted by our society, that at Christmas time, it's a time of giving. It's a time where the spirit of giving is seen. And most of the time, there is this, this sense of hope and peace and joy and love that is being expressed. So today I want to focus on the topic of love, which is 
the representation of the candle today, the candle of love. So let's describe love. Let's start with a description of love. And here's where you have to participate a little bit. When you, when do you sense that you are loved the most? When do you sense that you are loved the most? You just be free to shout it out. When you don't deserve it. Okay, great answer. When you're sick. When you're cared for by others. When you're appreciated for doing something. When you love everybody. I'm just repeating it so that you guys can all hear it. Any others? When are you loved the most? Or when do you sense that you are loved the most? When you hear the words, I love you. Yes. Those are all great. Uh, we, we have this sense that we're loved when all these things happen uh, in, in our lives. And, and when I'm thinking about this whole idea of love, I come up with this question that says, when everything is going smoothly in your life, do you feel like you've been loved? When, when you find that you're enjoying family and friends and, and, and all the finances in your life are, are working out, is it then that you feel that you are really loved? It's a question that, that I have for myself. And, and I do ask, I ask, well, when do I feel most loved? Me? Uh, some of the answers that you gave me were wonderful because we can ask this question too. Do we feel most loved in the most unsettled times of our life? When everything is going great in our lives, do we say, God, where are you? Do we ask about God when things are going really well? Do we say when things are going good, finances, friends, family, everything is working out, do we say, God, I need you. I need you to show up today. God, do you love me? We don't ask those questions. When things are going good, very often we kind of set God aside. And we don't need his love. We might say, when things are going good, what do you say to God? We do give thanks, don't we? We recognize when things are going good, we give thanks. But do we really sense God's love to the, to the furthest degree at that time? Isn't it when we are in our greatest need, when we are most troubled, that we cry out and we say, God, where are you? God, I need you right now. I need a miracle. I need your presence. I need your help. We do that. We ask. And almost all the time, God brings an answer to us. 
And when we receive that answer from God, I don't, I don't know what it's like in your own life, but in my life, when I get an answer to God like that, I know I'm loved by God. I know that he cares. And isn't it then that we feel that we are loved the most? Even in our own lives, you, know, you mentioned it, when you're sick, you get all the attention, right, of your husband or your wife or, or your mom or somebody. Uh, and, and you know that they love you because they're there in, in your worst time. When you're troubled and you're going through stuff. It's then that your friends show up, right? It's then that you, are, you know who loves you. We were all kids at one time, right? Most of us were, right? Yeah, yeah. So the question is, to bring you back into your childhood years, it is just a sense of getting to know where you were really loved. In your childhood years, did you sense the love of your mom and dad when they gave you all kinds of gifts or uh, when you were out playing some kind of a sport or involved in school or hobbies or with your friends? You didn't need love then. You, you may have known it, but you didn't sense the love of your parents at that time because you really didn't think about it. You didn't need it. But when the chips were down, when you fell and you hurt your knee, who was there? It was mom, right? It was then that you felt the love and the care of your mother when the whole world seemed to cave in and those people that stand beside you at that time are there with you, that's where you feel that love. When you were embraced. This has kind of been my experience. The times that I have sensed God's love the most or the time that I have been aware of God's presence the most has been when I've gone through the most difficult times of my life. Times when I have come to realize that my sin is insurmountable and I can't pay it back. There was no answer. But it's at that time that I realized how much God loves me. Loves me enough that through Jesus, he took all that away. He took the sin away. He freed me from the damnation that was upon me. He did it because he loved me. That's impactful. That's powerful. Because ever since that day, I have no worries about my future. I don't think about what's going to happen if I pass away tomorrow. In fact, very often I think, why do I want to stay alive? There's so much more there than there is here. And yet, God has designed it in such a way that he's put the desire to live this life in us. And so we enjoy this, but we have the security of that everlasting life with him. And we are free. 
I think of times when, when I've lacked for finances. Um, most of that was during the time that we were in Bible college. But there we found that God provided providentially because he moved in people's hearts to provide for us. I came into the lineup at registration in our last year of Bible college, and I said, I'd like to go to Bible college. I'd like to finish my year out, but I don't have any money to pay. And so the first person who was looking after the finances, <coughs> Dave Epwee, Sherry and I gathered together and we prayed. And before the end of the day, it's a long story, but before the end of the day, we had enough finances to pay for that semester of school. And a few weeks later, our home church said, you know, we realize that you have money to pay for school, but what are you guys going to live on? And God moved providentially in the church to provide the money that we needed to continue to eat and pay our rent and all of that kind of stuff. So it was wonderful. Uh, God also sent these angels, and, and I don't know where they came from, but we would go to the mailbox and find envelopes that have nothing on them but a few big bills inside just at the right time when we needed it most. When we went into ministry, our first ministry was a faith ministry. And so we often prayed for dependence on, on everything that we needed. And God providentially moved in. There were times when we would hear a knock on the door. We'd go running to the door and open the door and there's nobody there, but there's a box or two of goodies, groceries. That happened numerous times. In fact, I, it happened so often, I remember once when I heard that knock, I went, oh, I know what that is, and I ran to the door as fast as I could. There was a box. I ran out into the yard. Nothing. No people, no vehicles. It was amazing. It was at those times that I can say we really felt the presence and the Spirit of God. And we knew, we knew that God loved us. He loved us enough not only to save us from our sins, but to provide for us in a very special way. The funny thing about love is this, that we know love. We see love in action. In fact, we, we feel, we feel this love around us. We recognize love. We embrace love. Those are all these things that we know about love. But love is really actually hard to describe. It's very hard to describe. I love the way children describe things. So I've got a few examples here from some of the children from age four to about age seven. And, and 
this is, uh, I'll just read some of these uh, explanations of love, descriptions of love that children have. Uh, Karen says, when you love somebody, your eyelashes go up and down like, and little stars come out of you. <laughs> it's a great description of love. Mary writes, Marianne writes, love is when your puppy licks your face even after you left him alone all day. Uh, Lorraine says, I know my older sister loves me because she gives me all her old clothes and then she has to go out and buy new ones. <laughs> uh, Chrissy says, love is when you go out to eat and somebody eats most of your french fries without no, love is when you go out to eat and give somebody most of your french fries without making them give you any of theirs. Uh, Rebecca says, my grandfather got arthritis. She couldn't bend over and paint her toenails anymore, so my grandfather does it for her all the time, even when his hands got arthritis too. That's love. Um, Tommy says, love is like a little old woman and a little old man who are still friends even after they know each other so well. <laughs> wow. Uh, Nika, says, Nika says, if you want to learn to love better, you should start with a friend you hate. Wow, yeah. Uh, little Bobby, age five, says, Love is when, love is what's in the room with you at Christmas. If you stop opening presents and listen. Kids have this very realistic way of understanding things. And I, I think that's why Jesus says, you know, your faith needs to be like a child. They understand things very plainly and simply. And they use everyday events to be able to convey what they're thinking and to describe circumstances. But this still doesn't describe love. It describes the circumstances around love. Love has to do with people. And love has to do with God. Over the last 10 years or so, Sherry and I have, have lost family members, loved ones. Uh, we have a grandson who we cherish very much. And, and, and God's got his days numbered. We know that. And so we just cherish the time that we have with him. However, through these times, we sense the presence of God. We sense it through our church family, the church family that we were with. We sense it through our own family members. We sense it through, um, I was part of Gleaners there for a number of years, through the Gleaner family. I sense it here in this church at the Church of Nazarene, from all of you. I sense your love. Can I describe it? It's very hard to describe. I would have to say love is, 
like this little package that we were given this morning. It describes the circumstances, but it doesn't describe love. And so the thought has occurred to me, how, how can I or how can we define love? We can describe the acts of love, but still we have difficulty in describing love itself. And I've come to realize that love is understood. Love is experienced. Love is understood and love is experienced and much less defined. Love is felt rather than explained and love is experienced. Love has to do with the innermost of our being. Love has to do with what's going on inside, inside of our hearts. It's what connects us with that special someone. It's, it's this thing that we can't describe, but we know it's there. It's this thing that we have between one person or another. What we have with our family, our friends, our church. It, it's what connects us with God. It's this thing that we can't describe, but we know it's there. We just know it's there. We can sense it. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, when God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 16 says, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. To me, it says God is love, yes. And he's transferred that into our lives. We are experiencing love. We can't define this love that God has or God is, but he's put it inside of us. It speaks to the very heart of God, and that heart of God is connected to our hearts. If we're open to God, there's this connection. We can't describe it, but it's there. There's something that is so joined between God and us, it pulls our hearts towards him. It just does. We, we can't give an explanation for it. It's something that God has designed inside of us. Whether we believe in God or not, it's still there. And people are looking for it. Whether they admit it or not, there's an emptiness inside of their life. They're looking for this connection of love. And they will search the world for it. And it's found. It's found in the gospel. Love is this indescribable force that God cannot separate himself from. He loves he loves, he loves, he loves us. And he has proved his great love for us. He has shown it. God doesn't try to describe love. God shows it to us. And God allows us to experience it. First John chapter 4 verse 9 says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live 
through him. There's nothing, there's absolutely nothing like the love of God. If you've experienced it, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't experienced the love of God, search for it. Because God will give it to you. Search for it. God's love is the most overwhelming experience that anyone can encounter. It is out of that love experience that we have value, that we understand purpose, that we understand that there is more than just this life. There is an eternity. There's a hymn that goes like this, and I love this hymn. It says, the love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest stars and reaches to the lowest hell. Oh, the love of God how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. I'm not sure who authored that, but beautiful words. Again, that describe love. They don't define love. But love was born in a manger. Love came to us. Emmanuel, God with us. God with us, with all of us, everyone in the world. God does not hold back his love for anyone. God's love goes forth to all. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. All should come into his kingdom. And so we find that, though we can't describe love, or define love. We can describe love, but though we can't define love, love changes us. Love changes us. Love wasn't born into, the wor- into this world to demonstrate physical healings. Jesus didn't come just simply to heal the, the sick and the lame and the blind, to uh, to. to to allow the cripple to walk, to raise some people to life. That wasn't the reason for Jesus' coming. But love was demonstrated through them, through these things. Love was demonstrated by Jesus' life. And love was demonstrated by his gift on the cross. You see, we were the guilty ones. We had no recourse. We had no defense. But Jesus said, I love you so much, I will take it all upon myself. I will set you free. You will no longer be accountable for all the wrong that you've done. And God's love has won over our hearts. And we've accepted that gift. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3, God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you, I have drawn you with loving kindness. God demonstrates his love for us. You know what the neat thing about all of this is? God asks so little in return. 
He doesn't ask for anything else but for us to believe in him, to trust in him, and to reciprocate that love. Just simply to believe, to trust, and to love him back. That's not much to ask, is it? John 3.16 says, Whoever believes in him, that is in Jesus, shall not perish but have eternal life. God's love has given you that. All he wants is for you to reciprocate, to trust in him. Proverbs 3, chapter 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And Mark chapter 12, verse 30, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. In other words, God's saying, just respond to my love. Respond to my love. And when we respond, that's what changes everything, right? I'm sure that every one of us could testify what happened when we responded to God's love. Your life, my life, our lives changed, totally changed. And it's because of 1 John chapter 4, 19. We love because he first loved us. We didn't initiate that love. We didn't say, God, I want you. But God came to us and said, I love you. I want you. We would have never thought of it. We would have been in our own selfish minds, wanting our own selfish things. But God says, I love you. We begin to realize that we need that love. And he calls us into that love. And when we understand the love of God, everything changes. Why is that? Why does everything change? When God begins to love us and we realize his love and we respond, why does everything change? I think it changes because now there's a connection. There's a special relationship, this special connection that happens between us, and that is this thing called love. Love is at the very core of God's heart. God designed us in the same way to be like him. Love is in the very core of our hearts. And so there's this great connection. It's supernatural. It's sacrificing, but it's also most satisfying. Everything that moved Jesus to give us all, his life, is now at work in you and me. It's at work in us. The more we open our hearts to his love, the more his love transforms our lives. The more you open your heart to him, the more he will change you. The love of God can never be described, but the love of God can be understood. We know it in here. We know it in here. The love of God is made visible in the baby born in a manger, and the love of God is made visible in the cross. When we look at that, we recognize love. 
love of God is made visible, is made visible in every human heart that believes. Christmas is about love. It's about love. It's about love born into this world. And it's about love that is born into our hearts. Jesus was born into this world, but he's also born into our hearts. There's a special birth that takes place. And that love is extended. When we've received that love, and when we recognize that love, and when we experience that love, there's only one thing that we can do. It's to give that love away. It's to extend that love to whoever God puts in our path. In that way, we not only experience Christmas, we also extend Christmas. May that be our objective this Christmas, is to share the love of God that God has shared with us. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you love us so. It, it, it's absolutely incredible. I, I have a difficult time even comprehending this great love that you have given us, each one of us. It, it's, it's hard to, to put into words, but thank you because it's so amazing because we know it's inside of us and we want more. We want more. As we celebrate this Christmas, Father, May this wonderful gift of love in Christ Jesus become more real, more prominent in our hearts and our lives. May the light of Jesus shine through us all the more because we've not only recognized but embraced this love of yours. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.